the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me on A Word from the Word. Are you feeling it yet? The Advent Christmas season is sneaking up on us pretty quickly, whether we realize it or even whether we're ready for it. Some years, the last Sunday in November kicks off that four-week season geared to help us prepare for what we now call Christmas. But this year, the first Sunday in Advent is actually the first Sunday in December. I can almost feel the tension in the air, the anxiety anticipating all the preparation ahead for what's coming on those two very important days, December 24th and 25th, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So, friends, I've decided to devote the month of November to a prequel to the approaching Advent season, a kind of advanced look at this curious time we call Advent. It'll serve as a way of helping us prepare our soul and spirit so we don't get sucked into that fake news version of Christmas, borrowing a familiar expression in use these days. Friends, since childhood, I grew up in a mainline denomination, which helped me gain an appreciation for the calendar of the Christian year. I'm guessing that many of you listeners may also have been brought up in one or more mainline church denominations. Perhaps you were also raised in and went through life being made aware of and being very much a part of the seasons of Advent, Christmas, Lent, Passion Week, Easter, or as I prefer to say now, Resurrection Day, along with other key dates in the year we all celebrated in church. And so today, a season that is close to my heart, and perhaps close to some of yours, and one which is almost around the corner, is the event that kicks off the Christmas season on the Christian calendar, Advent, you know, that four-week period before Christmas? Now, before you chime in that the word or concept of Advent isn't in the Bible, I'd like us all to know that it actually is, and the idea of preparing for the first coming of Jesus, anticipating him, or expecting him, 
is captured in the Hebrew Scriptures, our Old Testament. So, friends, part A in this mini-series prequel is the three A's of Advent, and we'll lay our foundation in the Old Testament book of the prophet Malachi. In chapter 3, verse 1, and chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, we read these amazing words. Keep in mind that this is almost 450 years before Jesus is born, and this is the Lord God, Yahweh, speaking through Malachi. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord, Yahweh, you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Did you hear that word prepare, friends, as in prepare the way before the Lord? Did you also hear that word come, as in then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come? Let's now listen to these words from Luke 1, 11 through 17. The angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah and said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. And this would be John the Baptist. He, John, will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he'll go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Did you hear that, friends? To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, to really appreciate the soon upcoming Advent season, we must appreciate the cycle of the Christian year, a teaching tool used by the early church to bring the truths of the birth, life, ministry, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ to an undereducated or fundamentally illiterate population, that being the common people in the first century Greco-Roman world and not the educated religious elite. The common people did not have access to the wealth of books we have now, without Bibles, as we know them, and without the printing press for mass production and distribution. Teaching was primarily a one-on-one -on -one or small group endeavor, and with reference to the spread of Christianity, this was the initial and primary way to transmit spiritual information. We see this in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 43, and in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, and chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Apparently, those who accepted and received their Messiah on Pentecost were broken down into smaller groups. As Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 says, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will be qualified to teach others. 
Well, friends, the prophet Malachi's text we read earlier hints at this coming of the Lord when he states, Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The Hebrew word here for come means coming or arrival, just like our English word advent, which is rooted in the Latin word adventus, meaning arrival or to come. The New Testament parallel verses we read in Luke reinforce the idea that John the Baptist will become the forerunner of the Lord himself, who will come to his people. And by the way, the Hebrew word for Lord in Malachi is the name of God, using the four letters YHVH, sometimes pronounced Yahweh or Yahweh. So, friends, this provides us with the most startling biblical evidence that the Messiah, Jesus, was very God, as, of course, he claimed to be. Now, for us Christians or anyone tired of or plagued by the commercialism and merchandising that has so marred the Western world's celebration of Christmas, the season of Advent actually provides us with a key for recapturing the true meaning of Christmas in our individual family, and even church lives. And so I'll propose that recapturing the real or true meaning of Christmas is possible by proactively preventing the holiday's spiritual reality from being ripped away from us. In this light, friends, I'd like to suggest that my three A's of Advent will actually help us all enjoy this season as it's coming in four short weeks. So our first A of Advent is the word anticipation. Developing a personal and or corporate sense of anticipation and expectation is the first key to building into our lives an appreciation and preparation for Christmas. In the first century, when Jesus arrives on the scene, the Jewish people already had a heightened sense of anticipation and expectation in their longing and their hungering for the coming of their promised Messiah. We could almost say they were salivating for him. They could taste it. I mean, really, wouldn't you? If you as a Jew were living under the iron thumb and the continual scrutiny of the Roman government and were being oppressed as a people group, wouldn't you be salivating for your prophesied Messiah to come and deliver you? You bet you would. So as Christians, the traditional seasonal hymns such as O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus are perfect for sharpening our focus on this initial stage in our Advent journey. And friends, if you're sharing your drive time with me right now, or perhaps listening on a mobile device or even the podcast, maybe you don't have access to a standard church hymnal. Well, no worries here. You can just do an internet search for the Christmas hymns and find O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus. Listen to and read over and meditate on these incredible lyrics. Picture yourself in these hymns, longing for deliverance from your oppressive circumstances, crying out for help and rescue. So don't tell me, friends, or rail on about how the Judeo-Christian scriptures are irrelevant, or that the season of Christmas is just a myth for little children, but holds no relevant meaning to you as an adult living in the 21st century. Have you not been in a situation that you long to get out of? Have you not cried out for help? 
Have you not sought to make a big change in your life to get yourself away from a toxic, dysfunctional situation or an oppressive environment? Then grasping the true reality of Christmas and its backstory in the Old Testament is perfect for you. In our New Testament book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, we find the Jewish religious leaders, by the way, I call them the JRL, they're being summoned by King Herod to tell him where this long-expected Jewish Messiah was to be born. Herod asks this in response to the Magi's inquiry. He's a, here's a snippet from chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, sort of like a teaser. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. Then in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, we hear John the Baptist referring back to the Hebrew prophet Isaiah's words, challenging his audience and saying, Repent! for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Then Matthew chimes in, This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. So, friends, taking just a little time to read through the birth narratives or Christmas scriptures in our New Testament, such as Matthew chapters 1 and 2, Luke chapters 1 and 2, and John chapter 1, and poring over them, meditating on them during this month of November, as well as the month of December, is one great way to immerse our minds and hearts in these Christmas scriptures we hold so dear and their truths. This affords us an opportunity to proactively and deliberately fill our minds with these great and meaningful truths. There are even a host of Christmas time devotional booklets and books that can be ordered online that we can use as weekly readings to assist us. Well, friends, this was the first A of Advent, Anticipation. Our second A of Advent is Arrival. This annual retracing of the cycle of the Christian year, particularly the Advent season, is a routine that brings great spiritual dividends. It's a subtle but effective way to reinforce some of our long-cherished spiritual truths by asking ourselves two ultimate questions. Just what does the arrival of our Messiah Savior actually mean to us? Just what has Jesus' arrival done to mend the chasm between a holy God and we sinful humans? Ponder these questions, friends, as Christmas time approaches. It will keep you tethered to the real truths and help you stay away from the clamoring fake truths of the world. Christmas hymns like, O come all ye faithful, joy to the world, and hark the herald angels sing, sharpen our focus on this idea with these meaningful words, word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, and peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Well, let's pause here a moment, friends. If you just tuned in, you're listening to A Word from the Word with me, your host, Pastor Tom. I value you as listeners, as A Word from the Word is listener-funded. Your financial partnership is vital in helping to keep this program on the air, which also disciples Christians without a church home, and you who may have been hurt or wounded by the institutional church. Friends, please join forces with me and A Word from the Word by emailing me 
for support details at a word from the word at minister.com. We're living in challenging financial times, and Christian ministries are not immune from these same challenges. A word from the word is still seeking to become fully funded, and monthly supporters are needed. We'll repeat this information at the end of today's program. Well, friends, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 and 14, the Apostle John declares these legendary words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Friends, verse 14 is John's birth narrative of Jesus in just one sentence. Then in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, we hear these tremendous words. And the angel said to them, and this is the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, friends, here we've got to peel back the layer of language and hear these words as if we were hearing Hebrew, because it would sound like this. There has been born for you a deliverer, a rescuer, who is Messiah God, meaning Yahweh himself. So this second A arrival begs us to ask ourselves two additional key questions Just how is Jesus' arrival some 2,000 years ago affecting or impacting my life in the here and now? And even how do I live the Christmas spirit everyone talks about only during this one season of the year all the time? Well, perhaps rereading and refamiliarizing ourselves with the birth narratives or the now called Christmas scriptures, along with some appropriate Christian hymns, could help us focus on Jesus' arrival for the first time and then reflect on just what his arrival into the world has meant and is meaning to us on a day to day basis. Well, friends, that covers our first A of Advent, Anticipation, and our second A of Advent, Arrival. So now we come to our third and final A of Advent, Astonishment. I really love this word, astonishment, friends. It carries with it the meanings of being filled with wonder and being surprised, almost in a startled way. It also includes being amazed, being filled with awe. Just for a moment, friends, let's plant our own feet in that shepherd's field in the first century Israel. On that fateful night, the angelic choir burst forth from the night skies and clouds and sang to us personally. And the song's lyrics shouted out the great news of a Messiah deliverer coming just for us, lonely shepherds doing our smelly jobs. We see this wonderful account in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 18. Here Luke tells us in verse 18 that this news evoked wonder from those very shepherds who heard the personal message. Several English translations actually have wonder in the text. And this is another great word, wonder. Friends, this Greek word carries in its meanings these wonderful English synonyms, amazed, astonished, marveling, wondering, surprise. And here's a perfect example where we need to put on our first century sandals along with those smelly robes of the shepherds. I'll tell you, friends, if I were a lowly shepherd back then, 
thought by the general public in that society as an outcast having a dirty, smelly occupation, often viewed as on the lower rung of society's ladder, I'd be thoroughly amazed that the angels were singing this message to me, to me personally. This glorious song of salvation was being sung to these lowly, despised, and smelly shepherds. Imagine having heard all your life, can anything good come out of a shepherd's field? And then this! Well, friends, something good certainly did come out of a shepherd's field that very night. You know, friends, I got to tell you, astonishment still grips people today in most unusual ways. Many people are surprised and astonished to hear that Jesus Christ is God's exclusive Messiah Savior for all people everywhere, bar none. People today are also astonished to learn that no other Savior or religious leader will do this is why people today are tolerant of every religion except Christianity. You see, Christianity makes exclusive claims and is therefore criticized as being bigoted, intolerant, and downright snobbish. In theology, this is referred to as the scandal of particularity. What a phrase, right? I love this phrase. It simply means... It's a scandal to the human mind that God would choose to reveal himself to the human race at one particular time in history and in or through only one particular person, that being Jesus Christ. Phew, that was a mouthful, wasn't it? Believe it or not, friends, the Jewish religious leaders in Jesus' day said it first, not in those exact words, of course, but in the prophet Micah's book, chapter 5, verse 2, we find these words, And you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Did you hear that, friends? Out of you, nowhere else, and no one else. Well, that seems pretty exclusive, doesn't it? Later in the New Testament book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 4, the Apostle Paul remarks, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the Jewish law, in other words, the law of Moses. So, friends, perhaps during this prequel to the Advent season, 2023, for a brief moment in time, we can tune out the fake version, the commercialized and merchandised version of Christmas, and tune in the real version, the version that tells a true spectacular story through some great Christmas carols like... Come to Bethlehem and see him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. And joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room. And hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. And, oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error, pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. 
Friends, this is not only the message of Christmas, it is the message of all time. Think about the people in your own circles of relationships and in your spheres of influence. So let's all make a vital contribution to their lives and to their true understanding of the message of Christmas. Let's vow to not settle for that fake news version of this sacred holiday. Remember, friends, preparing the way for the Lord also includes preparing other people's way to see and experience the true Lord of Christmas, the Messiah, Savior of the world. After all, isn't this precisely what the Samaritans from the town of Sychar realized when Jesus and his disciples visited the Samaritan woman at the well, recorded in John 4? As her conversation with Jesus evolved, she said, "'Sir, I can see that you are a prophet.' Then later, after going into town, she remarked to others, Could this be the Messiah? At the conclusion of the story, when the townspeople came to hear Jesus themselves, they said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we're coming to the end of today's program. I hope it's been both inspiring and challenging for you. Please continue with us during this mini-series prequel to the soon-approaching Advent season. And as promised, we'll also close out our program with an email where you may write me and share your feedback, as well as inquire about helping fund a word from the Word, which is listener-supported. I love coming alongside those of you without a church home at this time, or those of you who have been may have been hurt or wounded by the institutional church. Podcasts of A Word from the Word can be accessed at faithtalk1360.com. That's faithtalk1360.com. Just search the menu for local program podcasts and then scroll to A Word from the Word. Podcasts may also be accessed at Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And thanks to my friends and partners at ChristianBody.net, a word from the word is now broadcast in over 70 countries. If these teachings are inspiring you to grow and study God's word more carefully, Please invest in the mission of a word from the word. During these economically and financially challenging times, ministries are not immune to these same challenges. So please come on board and join our support team. A word from the word is still seeking to become fully funded and monthly supporters are still needed and gratefully appreciated. Well, thanks for listening today, friends. And remember, Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom with a word from the word. Friends, if you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, email him at a word from the word at minister.com. That's a word from the word at minister.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.